Welcome to Money Grows on Trees. Money does grow on trees. A podcast full of practical, real-life money lessons that you wish you learned in school. Lloyd is a former lawyer turned lifestyle entrepreneur. In each episode, he'll be answering the tough questions around money, investing, and entrepreneurship to help you transform your money mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Lloyd Ross. All right, welcome back to the show. Money Grows on Trees, my name is Lloyd Ross, and today's topic, or today's episode, is all about index funds, index funds. Someone asked me the other day in, in our Facebook group for Money Grows on Trees, uh, you know, can you explain index funds? So let me regale you with index funds so you understand what they are, why they're so popular. And I'm going to touch on a little bit between the difference between index funds and exchange-traded funds. I talk about this in much more detail in my course um, so I'm just going to explain a little bit about this to you. If you want to know more, grab the book. I even talk about it in there too. So here we go. Uh, index funds. So, he, so let's have a think about when you buy, the reason why people say stocks are risky. Firstly, people that say that don't understand stocks. The second thing is that, yeah, investing in one business, like business, business enterprise, you know, one in, what is it? 80% of businesses after five years fail. So business enterprise is a risky venture. Not necessarily because always because the business is wrong, but there's people that are managing it and people are not always great at business. And so it's not always the economics of the business that are wrong. Sometimes it's the person doing it, building it. You know, they quit. And sometimes if you've got a great person, then they're just in the wrong business and it just fades off. But to most more often than not, it's the person that fails at the business. So in that case, yeah, businesses are risky. But when you're buying a stock, you're buying a public company. And a public company is a big business, typically. It's, it's scaled. It's, it's found a, a demand for a product, and it's got a team, and it's, it's making profits generally, usually, if it's listed on the stock exchange. Not always. But, you know, so investing in a business, in a stock, is certainly less risky than starting your own business, for sure. But at the same time, some businesses on the stock exchange can go out of business, we saw that with Virgin here in Australia. Virgin uh, Airlines went broke during COVID. It just imploded. And all the shareholders, all the shares went down to zero. It became insolvent. It was liquidated. Well, it was actually sold. Um, it was actually bought by Bain. Uh, they bought it out. So anyway, the, the bottom line is that if you invest in individual, individual stocks, then you know, if it's not a good quality business or some unknown thing happens, you can lose, you know, the shares can go to zero. But you, you the, the writing is usually on the wall before that happens. Not always, but it, it's on the wall before it happens. So if you see it happening, you can always sell out of your position and, and go and invest your money elsewhere. So I think some businesses are just so good. When you invest in them in the stock market, they're just so high quality. I think Apple, you know, I think some banks, I think, uh, you know, like in Australia, like Woolworths. There's some really long-standing resilient businesses, Microsoft, MasterCard, Berkshire Hathaway. There's so many American companies too, Coca-Cola, that you could invest in those individual businesses and they're just so good that it's unlikely you'll lose money. But but on the odd chance that you can, the way to actually get around that is that you diversify. So you spread your risk. And uh, I talk about in my book uh, an example of potatoes in the Irish potato famine which I won't get into now, but it explains index funds really well. 
using the analogy of potatoes. Um, but really what happens in index funds is it allows you to diversify your risk. So in the old days, before index funds existed, now Jack Bogle invented index funds in the 1970s when he created a company called Vanguard. And uh, that's how long they've been around for. So they haven't actually been around that long. Before index funds, if you wanted to diversify your risk, which means if you wanted to uh, invest in more than one company in case that company went broke, then you'd have to build your own share portfolio. You'd have to buy, like perhaps you'd buy, you know, a share in Commonwealth Bank, you'd buy some in Woolworths, you'd buy some in CSL, you'd buy some in Macquarie Bank, or if you're in the States, you'd buy some in Microsoft, some in Apple, some in uh, AT&T, some in whatever, Verizon, Netflix, you, you build your own portfolio of individual companies. And so you would have to build your portfolio to spread your risk. And if you have, you know, if you've got five, three to five stocks in different sectors, so one's in banking and finance, one's in consumer staples and groceries, one's in oil, one's in, um, you know, cars, or one's in technology or two in technology, you're quite diversified in sectors in the, in the, in the economy. And you're also d- diversified away from business risk. Business risk is if you just invested in one stock and it goes broke, that's business risk. So you'd have to, in the old, before index funds, you had to create your own portfolio. And that meant you have to research and analyze stocks individually and build your own portfolio, which takes time and effort and intelligence and know-how and emotional intelligence. So being able to handle you know, holding stocks and buying them and when to buy. And it was quite cha- it's quite challenging to do and you, you wouldn't always beat the market. In fact, 80, 80 to 85% of active money managers, those that allocate money and pick individual stocks, 80% of them don't beat the market. So even the pros aren't great at beating the market. So Jack Bogle, he cottoned onto this in the 70s and he thought, wow, wouldn't it be helpful for the consumer, for the investor, if we could provide them with a way where they could give us their money and we would allocate that money into the stocks that replicated or mimicked the actual stock market returns, which means they're not trying to beat the market, they're not trying to go below the market, they just want the market returns. So if the Australian share market grew by 10% in a year, the the index fund would actually provide them 10% return for the year because it mimics or mirrors the market returns. So they would buy stocks in different amounts that would represent the Australian share market or the American share market so that the person could just get the same return as the market and they wouldn't have to beat it. And that's when they invented index funds. So index funds are where you're basically buying, if I bought, you know, if I put $100,000 into an index fund, the fund manager, so Vanguard is just one of many fund managers. There's BlackRock, there's Vanguard, there's, there's different types. There's different companies that, that, that facilitate the money, the buying of the shares within the fund. So you're not actually buying buying stocks in the index fund itself. You're, you're giving your money to the index fund manager. So like when Jack Bogle created Vanguard, it's, hey, you give your money to Vanguard and they'll go and buy all these stocks for you in the correct weights so that you get the market return. Okay, so it represents the local stock market. And so for example, if you took $100,000 and you invested into an index fund, let's say it was the Australian uh, ASX 300 index fund what they would do is take your money and they would buy 10% of the money would go to Commonwealth Bank, then to Westpac, then ANZ, then to Macquarie Bank and you buy some West Farmers and we'll, and you, it buys the top 300 companies in Australia who are publicly listed on the stock exchange. But it buys them in different amounts based on how big the company is on their market cap. So 
it allocates it based on the size of the company in the stock market. And that is how they actually replicate the same return as what the market returns. So what it did with index funds, what it does is instead of you having to pick stocks, you put all your money into the index fund and automatically it picks the stocks, it picks the top 300 companies all at once um, in different amounts for you. And it does it on a really low cost basis. They don't charge you a lot of money to do that. So the fact that they're low in cost and the fact that it allocates your money across the top 300 or 500, you know, if it's the S&P 500 in America, it's the top 500 companies in America that's in the S&P 500 index fund, it means you're buying the top 500 companies in America. Or if it's in Australia, the ASX 300 index fund is you're buying the top 300 companies on the stock exchange in, in Australia. And what it does is it spreads your risk over 300 companies. In America, the S&P 500 spreads your risk over 500 companies. You own a little bit of Apple, you own a little bit of Microsoft, you own a little bit of MasterCard, you own a little bit of Berkshire Hathaway, you own a little bit of Tesla, you own a little, and it splits it up, which means the only way to lose money is if all those companies went broke at the same time on the same day. That means they all, all the stocks in the in the you know in that index fund in the fund they're all broke, they're all zero, and the the chances of that actually happening are so remote, like a media would have to hit the earth. You know, like as long as you don't sell when the when they fall, you you will make money because it's actually betting on the Australian economy or it's betting on the American economy to, to grow and go forward. And I don't know anyone that's made a lot of money betting against those economies in the last hundred years. In fact, everyone's lost money who's bet against it. So index funds are a really effective way, low cost, really simple way to passively invest. Active investing is when you're actually looking at stocks yourself and analyzing them and putting your money in yourself and building your own portfolio to get an active return that's higher than the market, that you're trying to beat the market. That's active investing. Passive investing is when you're just putting your money away and letting it grow by itself and you're passively doing it. There's no activity from you. And that's what index funds did. And Vanguard invented them in the 70s and they've been popular, growing in popularity since, especially when Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time, said that um, if his wife, Astrid, uh, when he dies, he wants his whole fortune to be put into the S&P 500 index fund. It's in his will to his wife because he knows it's the simplest way to invest. It's very, it's diversified, so it minimizes the risk of the business going broke. And it's simple, which means you don't have to ever sell it. You just keep buying more of it, more, 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 right? And she doesn't have to pick stocks. His wife doesn't have to pick stocks. So if you're wondering how to invest intelligently, I think yeah, starting with an index fund is really smart. We we have index funds. We have an index fund, not lots. The idea is not to get lots of them. It's just to get one good one, right? And so the mature markets like the S&P 500 in America, great index fund. The ASX 300 in Australia, great index fund. Now, this is not financial advice. I'm not saying go and buy it. But in good quality stock markets, to buy the top 300 companies in the country is a pretty intelligent move. Um they return pretty well, you know, around about 9%, depending on which fund, 9 to 10% a year, and uh, which traditionally has outperformed property in the last 100 years. And uh, it compounds your money, and you don't have to pick stocks, right? That's an index fund where, where it does it all for you. And that is what an index fund is. The difference between an index fund and an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, is that they're identical, except for the exchange-traded fund trades on a stock exchange like a stock. So you can actually buy and sell it like a stock. Oh, that's the only difference. And 
some ETF, some exchange traded funds that will pay dividends, you know, four times a year instead of twice. And you can see the actual movement of the price on the stock chart. So it looks like a stock, you can trade it like a stock. But index funds are typically you buy it straight direct from the fund manager and you don't ever see it like move. So I think if you're, you don't like seeing things go up and down or you don't like seeing your money go down, you buy an index fund and you just forget about it and keep adding to it over time. That's called dollar cost averaging. I'll do another episode on what that means. But you could do that or you could just keep buying an ETF, right? There are different types of ETFs, different types of index funds that are becoming super popular because of their passive nature and being able to de-risk your portfolio quite quickly in one go. So you can focus on the things you want to focus on. And that's why I think index funds are smart. But if you start getting tricky with them and buying like 10 different index funds, you don't know what's in it, you don't know what the underlying stocks are within the index fund, then you don't know what you're buying. And you are susceptible to trading, you start selling, you don't know what you've got, you don't know what price it is, you don't know what the market's doing. And all of a sudden, you've got too many funds, you're too diversified, you're not getting any returns. You know, it's, it's a bit of a mess. So I think pick, sticking to you know, an index fund is smart. The only thing I think if, if you want to diversify risk is to diversify across countries. So you maybe have an in- index fund in Australia, America, China, whatever it might be. That makes intelligent sense. But you know, just picking ETFs and index funds because you want to be active, you want to have activity, you know, I think it's... I think you're going to minimize your returns. But anyway, that's my personal opinion. Uh, that's why I don't have lots and lots of them. But index funds, that's what they are. That's how they're made up. That's what. That's where they come from. And I hope that helps you understand that when someone next time says, what's an ETF? Or what's an index fund? You know exactly what it is, all right? So of course, you want to learn more about it, grab my book. I talk about it in depth with a great metaphor there about plants because it's all about growing money on trees. And it will really speak to you. You'll go, oh, that's that makes sense, right? And of course, I, I roll through in my courses as well if you want to dig deep into which is what, how to find them, stuff like that. So uh, look, that's that's it for this episode. If you've got value from this episode, feel free to leave me a review and um, I'll really appreciate that. And of course, feel free to screenshot this or you know share it in your stories on Instagram, Facebook, uh, whatever social media platform you love. Be sure to tag me in it and I'll, I'll, I'll reshare it to my feed. I'll give you a shout out and uh, I might even give some people some shout outs on the, on the episodes. But um, look, loads more stuff coming. I'm going to record some awesome episodes coming up with stuff that you want to know about growing money on trees, financial education, investing, and of course, entrepreneurship. So see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on the Money Grows on Trees podcast. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, Money Grows on Trees, which you can find at LloydJRoss.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave a review, and feel free to reach out to Lloyd on Instagram at LloydJamesRoss.